This week on the Gift of Gaming podcast, we're approaching the end of February. So you know what that means. It's news time. What's up, it's me, your host, Darren Wade, and today I am joined by the console-hating, PC-playing, lore-seeking, full-time Canadian himself, Chris Roberts. Chris, welcome back to a news episode. Hey, well... Thanks for having me. It's that time of month, eh? Absolutely. And uh, just on your little, uh, your title, full-time Canadian, you were almost going back to being a full-time Canadian there for a moment. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Going on record with this one. Um, yeah. Uh, just some mishaps with uh, my visa. The uh, government is a little behind with um, renewing some applications, but I've been assured that I'm fine as long as it's in processing then i'm still good to uh, so we haven't lost you back to canada just yeah yet. yeah imagine that yeah. chris gets kicked out of ireland round two <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here we go again i i remember this script well i'm glad you haven't been kicked out uh what have you been playing i well since the last time i've been on the podcast uh, there's quite a bit i've been playing but right now the primary focus is armored core six nice and buddy let me tell you it is fucking fantastic it is I, I i don't even know how to like the best way to describe it is just epic just fun it's yeah fun and like frustrating because it is a from software game and like they don't pull their punches like yeah. it is very difficult and there's not really a lot of power scaling so like over the course of the game it's really just a matter of get good or die right but it's got some of the Best bosses I've ever fought in a video game. It, it is just incredible. And like the dopamine, like, because you're these giant mechs. And you're just cruising, like trying to attack like a warship. And they're firing all sorts of like turrets and missiles at you. And you're just like twitch reflexes, dodging and just like juking till you get to the bridge and just hack it down with a sword. And just like, the oh God, the, the tingle sounds, you get yeah, from doing yeah, yeah. something like that. I remember, <laughs> I can't remember which Armored Core it was. It was years ago that I played one, but the customization that was available for your your mech mm-hmm. was outrageous. It was so That's all fun. it is. Because, I mean, there's a few tweaks you can do to get a bit stronger, but they cap pretty quickly. Like the damage mitigation, it only goes up to a maximum of 15%. Okay. So other than that, like in order to pass certain missions, you pretty much, it just comes down to uh, customization, which you know, like maybe I need a tankier mech, so you put on tankier parts, but that comes with the trade-off wire, whereas you're not as quick mm-hmm. or like you have crap aerial combat. So you kind of have to like choose, like choose your battles here. Yeah. 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 And uh, th- I think that's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah. Cause I've been, I've been looking at it for a little bit and I don't know if I would get it, but I always think back to playing whatever one it was, maybe four, maybe three, depending on what year it was out. And, uh, I, I was in school at the time, secondary school, uh, playing it, but it was one of those things that every day coming home because it, it has that, the, the, the gameplay loop, yeah, and those games is just yeah. so satisfying, like unlocking the next part that you may or may not want on your mech. And the Christmas, <laughs> oh. and it's super accessible because like uh, the missions or the sorties, as they call them in this game, they're like, it's kind of arcadey, you jump in, it's pretty linear, but still like it's super accessible. Like I uh, jumped in for just a couple before I came here and I was just mm-hmm. like, oh, I got time to like replay a mission, try to get my ass rank in it. Yeah. And I ended up beating the chapter four boss, which like I've been stuck on for ages man nice so you had a productive morning yeah i had a pretty productive morning yeah yeah i've got a lot done today um you may or may not have noticed uh, my beard is gone and uh, that is not by choice 
I had a. No, I don't think beards just fall out like that. No, man. they don't fall out. No, I mean I had to shave. <laughs> I, I mean I did shave it in the end. No, I was shaving yesterday. Uh, I was heading out uh, last night. I was like, ah, oh, tidy up the beard a little bit. And, uh, oh, and you the clippers on my uh, razor uh, snapped and broke and fell off. So I clean raised part like through the right hand side of my beard here, and I was like, well, I guess everything has to go now. <laughs> I do that. Uh, not quite one of those situations, but a lot of time, like, uh, I either go like full grown, just grow it out as much as possible or go clean baby face. There's really no in between. I'm not good with trimming. Yeah. So recently I tried to like, you know, take down Tidy some sides up. and I'd look in the mirror and it would be super lopsided and looking at like a Picasso painting or something. And I was just like, well, I'll try to even out the other side. <laughs> yeah. and I end up just going all the way down. <laughs> just keep going. Trying <laughs> yeah. to fix either side. Good stuff, good stuff. And you were saying uh, Street Fighter, Capcom events yep. on tonight. Yep, so in the meantime, like while I've been playing my Armored Core, uh, I've had a Capcom World Cup open on the side. Um, it's been running all weekend pretty good. Like this is the big uh, tournament, like $2 million in prize cash. Oh, $1 million for the first place. So top 16 is tonight. A um, couple of my, well, one of my favorite fighters didn't even make it, which is unfortunate um one got knocked out early but there's still another guy mena rd plays uh blanca uh, blanca a lot yeah and it's pretty entertaining to watch so i'm pretty stoked for that and he's still playing six street fighter six no 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 yeah i dropped off which is unfortunate i want to jump back into it um and especially i want to play uh killer instinct because i want free to play mm-hmm. so, and uh maximilian dude is always praised that game is being yeah, like a very slept on fighter. So I want to get back into them. It's just, it's so hard and they come out and they're so expensive and it's hard to like, and also get good at all. Of them, exactly. Right? Get, that, that's the thing is that I've kind of, I've chosen smash brothers and Tekken as my yeah. two. And that's kind of where I leave it. Cause smash it's too brothers hard. Isn't even really comparable. I don't think. Cause you, you play that under different circumstances. You play that with like just your buds and it's fun. Whereas like, Tekken, you take it online, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, uh, with Tekken Ace, which have, which I've been bed into recently, um, that's the only Tekken I've really taken online. I never Tekken Seven. I, I I played a little bit online, but I got frustrated by the juggling. I used to play a lot of Tekken with my brothers and Kev, and there was always an honor system with us. You know, if you got knocked down, they give you a chance to get back up and keep the fight going. Oh yeah, you don't get that. Yeah, no, you, you do not get <laughs> yeah, that yeah, shit online yeah. whatsoever. And the juggling I found really hard to manage. But Tekken 8's quite interesting in that in all the build-up, they were just promoting it as a, you need to be aggressive in this game. Like the style to play this game and play this game well is just aggression. And uh, I went and spent, when I got it, I spent a good bit of time learning the juggling combos or the, the good combos to kind of just keep the attack up. And uh, But online, and I've been... I think my win rate is seventy something percent. I've been up on a good bit of ass. Oh yeah. shit, man, that's pretty yeah. good. No, like, and I don't. I mean, I think seventy something percent of maybe have I done twenty odd online fights or something like that. Uh, but it is. It's interesting that it's. Uh, I'm playing. I play as Law would be my character. Yeah. And most people you meet online playing as Law, it's bi- it's a bicycle kick frenzy. Like oh, okay. Everyone, that's kind of like, oh, they'll do the bicycle kick combos and stuff like that. But I think I play Law quite differently. Like, I, I kind of like that stylish Law as opposed to just reverting back to the old um, fucking bicycle kick galore type thing. <laughs> and I don't think people really know how to, how to manage me. Well, yeah. Of- I mean, if you go up against... And the same thing could be said against <clears throat> in Street Fighter, although there's less wiggle room with a lot of the fighters. But if you keep going up against, like, a guile that'll just sit in the corner and sonic boom and, uh, like... Sonic kick. Yeah. 
kind of get used to that. And the moment somebody like that one in a hundred that throws something completely different at you, then you're just you're like, like what do I do? I don't know. What but to it's do. So, it's so, it's such a good system in in that uh, anytime you 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 win or anytime a match is finished, uh, it'll give both of you a chance to do a rematch, and it does do an automatic best out of three. So you can only rematch until someone gets the best out of three, and then you have to go into the next fight, oh. which I quite like. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. It, it is pretty cool, and, and it, it's fun. I've come across a lot of guys. I think one of the fights I lost to was a Steve, who's like the boxing character in Tekken, and uh, I mean I. He's not very common online. People say he's a bit of a challenging character to play as. At yeah, least at, he, at least he this was stage. in seven too. Yeah, actually, because he had a lot of like. But I came across to Steve, and I lost to him, and I've never been happier to lose a game. He was one of the most stylish fighters. It was like playing against the, like a proper boxer, okay. like all of his okay. dodges and everything. like I was fighting, being like playing, not frustrated at all that he was whooping me. I was like, this guy is so good. And does like, it I love... does make you kind of want to jump ship? I was like, should I play as Steve now? Yeah, yeah. I, I get <laughs> I like that sometimes. FOMO. Yeah, yeah, of a really good character. But enough about that, Chris. We've got news to, to get mm, into. We sure do. Into it. And the first uh, story I want to go to comes from uh, Chris Scullion at the Video Games Chronicle, and it's about the new quadruple A game. That's right, Chris. We've got a new we made uh, it. a new standard. We, we made, made it. it. <laughs> 2024, the year the quadruple A game. Okay, so um, quote: People will really see how vast and complete that game is. Uh, quote from Yves Guillemot uh, from the U- Ubisoft CEO as he defends Skull and Bones' seventy-dollar price tag despite its live service leanings. And he calls it a quadruple A game. So Ubisoft co-founder and CEO Yves Guillemot has defended the $70 price tag um, and during a Q&A session as part of a conference call discussing Ubisoft's Q3 sales for its fiscal year in 2024. One caller pointed out that Skull & Bones now appears to be taking a more live service approach. The game's one-year roadmap was recently published, for example. The caller asked why Ubisoft was insisting on charging $70 for the game and potentially limiting the size of its player base, suggesting a free-to-play model may, may better suit the live service mechanics and give it a better chance of building a community. Um, Guillemot replied with an assertion that Skull & Bones deserves to be a full-price game because of its scale. Quote, you will see that Skull & Bones is a fully-fledged game, he said. It's a very big game, and we feel that people will really see how vast and complete the game is. It's a really full, triple, quadruple A game that will deliver in the long run. Um, an open beta for Skull and Bones started today, this was in Febru- February 8th, and ran until February 11th. The beta supports cross-progression and cross-play. Progression will be capped at the rank of... Um, Brigand Tier 6, and will carry over to the full game. And following a troubled development that saw the game delayed on a number of occasions and rebooted in 2020, Skull and Bones was finally released on February 16th, priced at $70. Uh, players will be able to play the game three days early if they had pre-ordered, um, and it, the pre-order includes two extra missions. Um, although Skull and Bones has nearly uh, finally had its release, its long-running development problems have shown no signs of, ab- of abating. A Kotaku report in September said the game had lost its third creative director, Elizabeth Pellin, who had been responsible for rebooting the project after its initial 2018 target was missed. Uh, Pellin, who most notably wrote and directed 2003 shooter 13 and led level design for Splinter Cell's first prequel, Pandora Tomorrow, had been expected to remain at the Singapore studio until at least the end of this year, it was claimed. Uh, quote, five years ago, Elizabeth went to Ubisoft Singapore with a mission to reboot the creative direction of Skull and Bones, a spokesperson said at the time. She succeeded, and the Skull and Bones team is now fulfilling her vision to deliver a unique, unique naval action RPG experience to our players. So this is the first article I came across, Chris, that when he first quoted as a quadruple-A game. And we kind of, over the podcast, uh, while Luke especially, I think, has been kind of keen on keeping an eye on this, but it's not had an easy ride at all. Uh, it's been in development, I thought... For like seven years or something, hasn't it been in a long time since like Black Flag or something? Yeah, yeah. Like so that? like, I, I think Black Flag was its inspiration to actually yeah. the success of Black Flag. But I found on uh, I went online to see just how it was currently doing in terms of reviews. I was like, hey, it's been released for a couple of weeks. So 
The game, which officially launched on February 16th, currently sits at a 57 Metacritic score and a user score of 3.6 based on over 800 ratings. GameSpot has said, Everything that was great about Black Flag has been ripped out to accommodate tedious live service elements and a half-baked multiplayer that makes you feel disconnected from other players. And Eurogamer said, Ubisoft Long in the Works Pirate Adventure boasts a beautiful world and bombastic ship-to-ship combat, but it sinks amid boring, busy work and tedious traversal. Quadruple A game, Chris, huh? How dare them claim that title? Like, how disconnected do you have to be from, like, what a good game is to just be like, yeah, this game we built, quadruple A, man, it's the first. Outrageous. (laughs) Outrageous. And the funny thing is, because a lot of people are mad, like, yeah, $70 for a live service game is fucked. And even just, like, paying for a live service game kind of stings, especially when there's a bunch of, like, microtransactions. Um. And another game that's out right now kind of took some flack for it, but Helldivers 2 is doing great. Yeah. It's not quite 70, it's like 40 quid, I think. Yeah. But it's a live service and it is doing fantastic. Like it has more claim to the title of quadruple A than it. This it piece seems of shit. so it's like it's it seems to be full on desperation in that obviously it's been in development for so many years. The cost, I think I was reading another article, the cost has kind of surpassed two hundred million dollars on this game to date so it's obviously an effort for them to try and recoup the money but yeah, what a way to, to kill pull, like, pull the wool over our eyes but yeah. trust me this, it, it's good quadruple like, yeah. and like but like what a way to kill your user base like free to play imagine how many people would hop on that and pay oh, for man, the live action this shit like, this is ubisoft isn't it yeah like they've been killing their user base like i don't know how they still have fans <laughs> like i really don't like yeah. they that's what they do i think I don't think they try- want to be in the industry. No, no, I think they're trying to just like let's let's see what their breaking point is. Like, how far do we have to go to, to push really our fans. show them that we dash? Yeah, just it, don't it's give a social a experiment. That's all Ubisoft yeah, is exactly. a social experiment. Yeah. Um, a question to put to you, Chris: Any games that you have played? Is there any game that you have played that you think would deserve the title of quadruple A game? Uh, no. No, I mean, why does there have to be a quadruple A? Triple A is, I thought that was the max. I mean, no, no, it's quadruple A now, Chris. That's that's where we're at. That's the that's the new height to reach. I don't know. I want to say maybe Elden Ring, but I still don't. That was just a triple mm. A, I think. I think uh, quadruple A is interesting in that I think it's it needs to be a if you're going down that road, it needs to be a f- fully fledged game with live service abilities thereafter. So, like, I would say if I were to call a game quadruple a i think of something like horizon forbidden west but something that's constant like the full game it's live service though no but but what i mean is you have that game and take a game like that is that is that complete and then add a live service element to it because that's the only way you could call a game quadruple a surely right yeah i don't know like if they i think and I know you're going to hate to hear this Uh because of their history are you going to rally on kingdom hearts because you better no no if CD Projekt Red were to come out with, like, uh, an immersive, like, MMO update to Cyberpunk, mm-hmm. where, like, that you're running around that city in, like, a GTA style. Yeah. With other people on a server. I think that could be a quadruple A. In, in the state the game is in now. Right now. And I, you know, I'd agree, which I've, I've, I've been turned around on Cyberpunk. I'm not going to fight you on that one. I don't think they should have been released the way it was, but... They, that's a redemption yeah. story. If they, if they turn that into like a live service online uh, game styled like online play, kind of like GTA, I think that would be definitely a quadruple yeah. play. And yeah. I think that would be the 
what you the benchmark for yeah. something like that because it was recently craig was was playing through it he's been kind of trying to find games to fill the, the hole in his life until uh final fantasy 7 rebirth yeah. comes out but he was playing through cyberpunk and uh i hadn't i haven't really i never really gone back to it since um i first bought it and saw it and saw it was shit and i never looked back but he was playing it and i sat down and watched him kind of traverse the world a little bit and you know it was the ps5 version on his real nice tv and i kind of said shit this this looks like yeah, a good yeah. it looks like did a good game did he get the sons of liberty the update yes apparently that it just revamped the game too yeah new and my, my brother and... now my brother who um not andrew's on the podcast my other brother he got um the ps5 version and phantom liberty now he hadn't played it prior to that but he does nothing but sing now he he's a kennery's fanboy so it's a different oh, thing for so him. a bit of a stand here yeah right? yeah. yeah but he's he's I get it. I like He's I, I mean, I can't not love anything Jeffrey Dean Morgan's in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even if it's shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll call it good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's 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 it, everybody. We're in quadruple A game territory now. That's what we're all striving to, apparently. Uh, this next uh, article, uh, Chris, is more kind of uh, your area of expertise. Uh, so this is on uh, Elden Ring: Shadow of the Erdtree trailer, the new DLC. This comes from Polygon by Michael McWhorter. So. Elden Ring, Shadow of the Earthtree's first trailer and release date are here from Surfworld's expansion to 2022's Game of the Year arrives this June. It's time to return to the lands between. Elden Ring developer released the first trailer for the open world role-playing games expansion, Shadow of the Earthtree, and uh, finally revealed a release date and it will be released June 21st. Um, it was <laughs> announced last February, but developer from Surfer has revealed little about its DLC for 2022's Game of the Year. Rise, tarnish, and let us walk a new path, quote the developer said at the time. An upcoming expansion for Elden Ring, Shadow of the Earth Tree, is currently in development. We hope you look forward to new adventures in the lands between. Uh, that location, the major players of Shadow of the Earth Tree were teased in a single piece of artwork released alongside the DLC's original announcement. That artwork included a reference to Mikila uh, of the... Mikila. Mikila? Okay, yeah, you're going to have to help me. <laughs> <laughs> Mikila of the uh, Halig Tree, a demigod, uh, Eperine, and the twin brother of the fearsome Millennia, and a character we don't really get to see in the original Elden Ring. Mechala is teased in the battle against Mog, uh, where he is trapped inside... I should probably read this. Oh, yeah, I know, right? This, uh, all these names. Uh, where he is trapped inside an icky egg sack. Players will track Mechala through the land of shadow in the expansion and come face to face with a formidable new foe, Messier the Impaler, a powerful boss who appears to have a strong connection to Mechala and Millennia. Um, it's available for PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5, Windows PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. And it's, uh, the DLC is coming to all those platforms as well. Now, I went further on this. Is according to Gaming Bible, Shadow of the Earth Tree will cost $40 or £35, which makes it the priciest expansion we've seen in quite some time. If you think back to Cyberpunk 2077, I, I, want, I want to make a note on that right yeah. now. Like, normally that would piss me off so much. We're like, oh my God, this yeah. is such expensive DLC. But since it's FromSoft... And I have such faith in the company. The fact that it's forty means it's. I'm pretty sure it's just going to be a huge. So that was my like Sons of Liberty level of like more content or bigger because that was my question too. Because that yeah that that's forty dollars. Phantom Liberty was thirty dollars, and uh, Horizon Burning Shores uh, was twenty dollars. Now Horizon Burning Shores wasn't massive. Phantom Liberty was. Pretty substantial. Pre yeah. So my question is, do you think that this expansion is going to be massive? This, this yeah, be yeah, I think it's going to be fucking big, man. I'm it's so been, excited. Like, what are we talking about? That game was 2022, so we were waiting two years ish. By the time it comes out, June 21st, it'll be yeah. two plus ish years since we've gotten the. I think they're holding on uh, a bit for the release because the release date uh, is June 21st, uh, 2024. But in the Japanese style of date. Um, Oh, how they slip it Date around. format, it's 240621. 
So 240 and 621 are super important numbers in Armored Core 6. Really? So I think they just like, like well, what, obviously what like Reddit is like going crazy. Just like, oh my God, are we going to have a crossover? And like, no, we're not. No, we're not. But like, <laughs> like Miyazaki just thinks about these things. He's just like, I want to release it on that date. That would have been mad though. And yeah. I didn't think that's, that would have been the, the ultimate crossover. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm assuming as a man who played and very much enjoyed, was it was Elden Ring your game of the year back 2022? Oh, easily. Yeah. Easily. Well, damn near game of the decade. And so you're, I'm assuming you're excited for the DLC then. Super excited. Yeah, yeah. I'll get a day one for sure. Oh, day one. Because you and yeah. Luke are usually... No, I have well, my exceptions. DLC's yeah. different, I, I guess. Have my, and when I have my exceptions, and that is Souls games. Street Fighter, I bought, like, I bought day one. I do have my exceptions, but this one... Because you want to get there right at ground level when the servers are the busiest, because that's when you get as much co-op action and invasions, because... A lot, yeah. A lot of people hate that aspect of playing Elden Ring or the Soul series, where like some random can just invade your world and kill you. But I love that shit, man. I'm you're all like, for it. You're like, bring it on. Yeah, exactly. That is dope. And the trailer, I watched the trailer, and I don't know anything about Elden Ring, but the trailer looked dope. It looked yeah, really, really good. I watched the trailer once, and then I've had to like just flag everything about the trailer since then. Just because you're, you're going like, just radio silence on it. Yeah, because even some of the like little like Reddit articles I saw was just like, yeah, because this spell is in the game that confirms our suspicions that rune bears are linked to dragons. I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> like, no, it just like, and people know who this boss is already, the mesmer or whatever. It's oh yeah, just yeah. Like, nah, you know what? Fuck you guys that are going to like tear this apart frame by frame. I want to jump into the world and start figuring this well, stuff I, out. What I thought was really funny was we did uh, a brief thing. I think it might have been in a post show. Of they talked about the artwork that was released with the announcement. Yeah, and, and Nvidia did like a forty-five minute video of just like just the breaking picture. breaking yeah. down this still image of, uh, and I thought that is impressive. Like yeah, how how deep the lore goes. Cra- well, I've told you I've spoke highly about like the lore of uh, the Soulsian games. Yeah, um, and it's for this very reason. But now it's getting a bit too far. Where like Everyone I liked it when we were piecing moment. it together from dialogue and like little tidbits we found in game and not just like breaking down a trailer and just like, cause this is colored this way, blah, 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 blah. And yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, I, I definitely, I've definitely fallen into that with, uh, you guys are doing Rebirth. it with seven right now. Yeah. Yeah. We, we yeah. just now, um, I've kind of gone on silence now since uh, I think I was saying to as we were walking in that the physical copies of the game are out in the wild now. So there are leaks of pictures and sections from the game and stuff. So I'm going radio silence. But I was guilty of that. I mean, in the, the podcast shows that we've got like deep dives into the the episode, the, the traders themselves, where I went so deep that I was like, am I? No, I haven't because I'm big into content. I'm surprised you even played the demo. Like that was kind of shocking to me. Uh, I just can't get enough of it, Chris. That's it. I just cannot get enough of the game whatsoever. Now, I haven't played the... Um, there was two parts of the demo. They released, like, the the first section was the, the opening chapter of Rebirth, and then they had a, they were releasing another section for the demo, which was further on in the game to experience a bit of the open world section. I haven't played the open world section. I haven't had the time. And now See, that's I'm, the section I'd rather play before I bought the game because, as it stands right now, like, I don't know if I would even get the game unless like the open world kicks ass so judging by what i've seen in terms of trailers and so that it looks like the open world kicks ass and it is a i think uh, kev put a message up in the the podcast chat there the other day that it's standing i think currently at 93 or 94 yeah i I can't trust 
reviews, reviews on Final Fantasy Seven specifically because we're all just such nutcases and fanboys. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys love your Final <laughs> Fantasy, and I'm not, I'm not trying to disparage. Just like, I mean, yeah, I'm sure it, it would be a great game, but it not, might not be my game. Yeah, exactly. So I can't and really trust the reviews. Yeah, that's totally fair. And I think it's one of those things where now it, it's the one of the, the things I've come across where you're talking about like kind of that complete consumption of lore to the game where. I don't think I'll do this again, like in terms of watching every trailer that comes out for yeah. a game, getting deep into it. Because there's, you know, there's all these conspiracy theories about where the game is, like the, the weird ending that this game might have. And I've gone so deep into that that I actually do feel like I'm, I'm getting ready. Like, oh, I'll play the I'll play the second part of the demo. But I'm a bit, bit exhausted. I am a bit like drained of that. I'm like, no, I just need to go and just fucking play this game and stop talking about this game at this stage. Like, you know, <laughs> take a week off work and just shut yourself. In I have a couple of days, yeah. I have a couple of days off to, to get into it now next week when it comes out. So I am excited. Yeah, next time I do the podcast, I'll have, I think our next episode is myself and Craig. And I think we'll probably get, hopefully get a voice note from Kev over in New Zealand. Uh, we're going to do our, our first thoughts on rebirth because it'll have been out oh. by a couple of days when's it release it's releasing uh 29th of february okay and we'll be doing the following week we're going to do because uh, this news episode's coming at the 20 this news episode will come out the 29th of february so this episode will be out the day rebirth yeah, right, comes out. Right. Yeah, yeah yeah okay and then yeah we'll do next week the following week we'll do uh our our first thoughts but that's it i just need to play okay. the game but meanwhile, uh, Chris, after all this talk, there is um, leaks potentially of a PlayStation 6. How uh, does that feel, knowing that all your favorite games are coming out and then they're going to be <sighs> re-coming out on the next Yeah, year. I know, right? <laughs> PlayStation 5, the era and of remakes. fancy new portal you bought? Mm -mm, not going to work on the PS6. <laughs> <laughs> so you got to buy the new yeah. portal. <laughs> so these leaks are coming from Tom's Guide, and this is by Elise Stanley. So PS6 first specs leaks reveals an AMD power 8K gaming at 60 frames per second. Rumor has it Sony will continue its partnership with AMD. 60 to frames? Yeah. Surely not. You, you were expecting more? Way more. Well, 60 see, frames is old right, as you're, shit you're, you're a PC gamer, Chris. You, you get the best of every world, right? We still don't guess f uh, 4K and 60 frames at the same time on PS5. We get one or the other. Oof. Yeah. But with PS6, well, no, we get both. Four, I don't think many people get 4K and over 60 frames just based on like monitor hardware. So most, I don't think it's really available yet. Most, of, most games in the PS5 have a performance or graphics mode. Performance will put it to 60 frames per second. And graphics will boost it to a, I guess, to a super high def, close to 4K. Yeah, but I, I don't think like even TVs themselves are really up to 4K and over 60 frames. Mm. Unless you're paying like, I think the, there might be a monitor out there that's like 1200 euro. Crazy, crazy money. Yeah. 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 This is a life we have to choose one or the other, Chris. We don't get, we don't get both. Well, I, I did 2K 144 easy, but I mean, oh, PC. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get into these, uh, these leaks anyway, Chris, you can show all over the PS6. Uh, we're well into the PS5's third year on the market and we're likely to still have a few years yet before its successor, presumably called the PlayStation 6. Um, however, that hasn't stopped the PlayStation 6 rumor mill from steadily churning. The latest comes from uh, YouTuber Moore's Law is Dead, a reliable tipster who previously leaked details about Sony's long-rumored PS5 Pro with beefed-up internals. In a recent video, Moore's Law is Dead claimed to know with 100% certainty that Sony will continue its partnership <laughs> with AMD to power the PS6 and PS5 Pro. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah, that... that yeah, that's good. The chip will boast a, spe a speculated 4K at 120 frames per second and 8K at 60 frames per second gaming experience. Wow, so that's it. We'll, we'll finally get it, Chris. 4K at 4K at 120. But you, I need, what to do you myself. still need the monitor or the television that can handle that, and that that's true. is yeah. super expensive. Yeah. 
Um, adding credibility to this rumor is another report from YouTuber Red Gaming Tech, who claims Sony wasn't even considering any vendors other than AMD to power its next-gen consoles. Awesome. The awesome. PS4 and PS5. Speaking of fanboys, like I'm a bit guilty myself. I'm huge AMD fanboy. As opposed to the likes of well, NVIDIA. NVIDIA, yeah. So, so Sony discussed making the switch to other chip vendors, the most notable of these being NVIDIA. However, the company ultimately decided to stick with AMD for several reasons, including ease of backward compatibility and an already dedicated custom solutions team. Of course, you should take all of this with a grain of salt, barring official confirmation from the PlayStation team. There's still much we don't know about the PS6's specs and launch window, but we have a clue thanks to court documents made public in the FTC's case against Microsoft over its attempt to acquire Activision Blizzard. In November 2022, Sony indicated in documents submitted to the court that it doesn't plan to release the PS6 until at least after 2027. Last summer, Microsoft said that, should the Activision Blizzard deal go through, it's committed to releasing Call of Duty games on PlayStation platforms for at least the next 10 years. Quote, These, uh, this term would in any case go beyond uh, the expected starting period for the next generation of consoles in 2028, Microsoft said. Sony has already entered talks with manufacturers for the PS6. Murr's Law is dead claimed. As for PS5 Pro, the most common rumors suggest it'll be an announced this year with its release planned for late 2024 or early 2025. Grace, is it too late, too early to be talking about a PlayStation 6? Yeah. I I feel like the PS5 has hardly been around. Yeah. And I don't know if that's because... I mean, it, it only came out... God, I don't know. Time Three is, is 2020. so fucking crazy yeah, but now. With, with, with that, COVID and during lockdowns. During the pandemic, right? Yeah. 2020, yeah. I had to... I had to I, you shouldn't admit this on the podcast, but I had to break the... They were guidelines. They weren't laws. I broke the guidelines where it was, please stay within five kilometers. But right, yeah. I heard there was a PlayStation 5 for sale 18 kilometers away, and you better believe I drove 18 kilometers to pick up my PS5. Like, um, but I... It's weird. The PS5... For, Horizon came out on the PS5 in its early days, Forbidden West, and I was blown away by how well it looked. But I still don't feel like the PS5 has hit... I'm like, I'm still waiting for like, I don't feel like I've hit this next gen of and PS5 you, games. They're still, they're still going to release a PS5 Pro. Yeah. And they're still going to do all this other stupid shit that they do. And then, by the way, use PS6 short term later. Like, look at the Switch for fuck's sakes. It's still killing it. And it's been out for what? Eight, How nine long years? Yeah. More? Possibly at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. And although we haven't even got a leak about a Switch TV. Although I did do, I did do a, uh, I did do a post show. I don't know if you watched the Nintendo uh, Direct, the partnership Direct that they put up last week. It like the Switch is dead, man. The the Nintendo Switch. Like I'm looking at what's coming out in the Switch. I was like, okay, this is officially uh, one foot in the grave for the Switch because yeah, there was nothing it coming great. out for it. Yeah. But that's what I mean. I'm like, PS5 for me has been the system of the Final Fantasy VII remake, Horizon looking great. And then just fucking reboots. Reboots and remakes made to look better, but still not, <laughs> not hitting PS5. I, did, I didn't... I found a video on this that was like... Because when I found out about the PS6 leak, I was looking at other videos, and there's one showcasing like all the hits. Sorry, air quotes here. Hits of PS5. And I was going to post it up in the chat, but I, I thought you guys would flame me because you're all PlayStation fans. But it was literally just showing... Like the same games, just remakes yeah. and like even like the new games, which was like Spider-Man 2. It was just like, it was just showing reviews. It was like, yeah, this is essentially and, but, just the same Spider-Man game. <laughs> like, I saw a side-by-side -side spec. I can't remember who did the video. And it was it was satire or like comedy. So I'm assuming it might have been a... a showing side-by-side -side like God of War. Where was uh, like, no, like PS5, here's your Spider-Man 2, but here's Spider-Man 2 and the PS5. And I'm like, it's the same fucking... Like there's nothing like, look, oh, look at those shadows there. I'm like, they look the same shadows. <laughs> like I don't know. So I am... Like the fact that they're talking about PS6 already makes me quite disappointed because... 
PS4 uh, kind of came out at around the time I was in college and I wasn't, I had kind of stepped away from video games while I was in college. I wasn't really into video games for a couple of years back then. So the PS4 came out with kind of not a whole lot of fanfare from my perspective and I've enjoyed it ever since. It's been fantastic. But the PS5, I was so hyped. You couldn't pick one up. It was all this like, oh, I get it in the new age of gaming. And it has not it's, yet. It's like the empty nightclub with a lineup outside <laughs> just trying to build hype around it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody's in there yet. <laughs> you want to go in here, trust me. But that's it. It hasn't been um, hasn't been delivering, I don't think, on in terms of the games, like the style of games. We've got nothing but remakes. And don't get me wrong, Final Fantasy VII, yes, is a remake, but it's a brand new top to bottom. It's a, whole, yeah, well, it's a different we, kind we gotta, of... Uh, differentiate between remake and remaster. Yes. I think we're talking about remasters. We're getting fucking tons. Remasters. remasters out the ass yeah. for PS5. And that's just been quite disappointing because I was expecting the... like And Forspoken kind of had that potential, but there's lots of games that were still... Huge flop. <laughs> huge flop. Yeah. There were so many games even now still that are PS4 and PS5. Like, you know, publishers, developers still aren't willing to be like, we're going pure quick, which is what I respect about Rebirth, that Final Fantasy VII Rebirth is just PS5 exclusive. You can't play it on the PS4. And I'm like, good, okay, we're getting there now. It's been out for fucking three years. Let's, let's experiment on what this thing can do. Even some of the games, like, I know they have some other big hits coming, like uh, the new Kojima Oh my god, Death Stranding, so he's making one. But even some of the other games that like they're really pushing that like Splatoon. Oh, Foam Stars. Foam Stars. Sweet Jesus. Just, like some of the other games that they're pushing, I'm just like, this It's not PS5. Yeah. Well, and I say it's not PS5 like, worthy. You can have your fun games, your I'm not saying that everything needs to be a um, you know, Breath of the Wild style. You're, you're fucking six years in development to get it out there. But there isn't enough. There isn't enough of that, or there hasn't been enough of that in the PS5. Well, the thing is, if, if that's what you're pushing, and those are the most of the good games out there, you don't need a PS5 to run them. Fuck, you could buy a super cheap computer just to play those kind of games. Yeah. So yeah. they they really, if they want to keep pushing their system, I think they do have to start pushing the like really graphical games that like why would you buy anything else yeah like, you need to play it on this and like i know the whole playstation argument and we'll get to when we talk about xbox and xbox article, article in a bit but playstation 5's thing is the big exclusives which you know they do they tend to come out on pc a year later so they're not really true exclusives yeah. but aside from that i'm like guys you need to be just games in general just need to be the, the next gen like i mean uh, craig they have a few ace up aces up their sleeves too like they're still sitting on uh bloodborne which they could just remaster or make a bloodborne to at any point and that would it's a console seller so yeah. like they have I, some aces there's an interesting uh topic actually about remakes and sequels uh that i have put together for the post show so if you want to hear a little bit of something about that check out our patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming um but yeah i think i don't want to hear anything else about the ps6 i'm like no 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 i mean please forget about that and actually build amazing games for this ps5 that i have had and i've only had for three years and two years of which we couldn't get anything for because there was a chip shortage and the whole world was fucked so can we please focus on the thing i tried really hard to get please yeah not good so biggest article in uh, our biggest story in february chris i think we can both agree was uh, what the hell happened with xbox 
Yeah. yeah. yeah this is pretty wild. I don't, so this is coming from, I've got two articles here because they're kind of updates of each other. So uh, the first one is coming from Willow Rowe and uh, Kotaku. And this is from early February, so around February 12th. Um, Recently, the games industry has been shaken by news that could change the dynamic between console giants, Xbox and PlayStation. A number of recent leaks suggested that Microsoft may be planning to put aside uh, exclusivity and bring its catalog of titles like Halo to rival platforms, even to the PS5. Um, this fans... Or the fans of this rumor flame were stoked even further. That's a really weird. How is this? Hang on. This fans the rumor flame. Well, this article is written so poorly. Hang on. I'm just going to say this rumor, the flames of this rumor were stoked even further by a recent GameStop <laughs> ad. I'm not, that it's so messed up, I can't even begin yeah, to fix it. Um, that okay. uh, GameStop ad that referred to Games Pass as, quote, Microsoft Games Pass. The internet was so aflame, Xbox head Phil Spencer had to break his silence and reveal a, quote, business update event coming on an undisclosed day uh, the week of February 12th. I mean, That's it's already been kind of Microsoft Games Pass because it's been available on a computer yeah. for ages now. I don't know why that kind of scared people, but yeah. yeah. Um, so this, uh, this announcement is coming the week of February 12th that should debunk or perhaps confirm the rumors. Uh, either you were excited about the prospect of playing more Xbox titles on any platform you want, or you were lamenting the end of an era for Team Green. Although it seems like the most diehard Xbox fans are decidedly not okay at the moment. So that was early February, and we had that, that um, business announcement. It was a podcast thing on the Xbox service. So this is from Nick Rodriguez at Gamerant um, a week and a half later on the 21st of February. Xbox has confirmed that a handful of its exclusives would be landing on the Nintendo Switch and some, exper and some expect more ports to follow. 2024 has proven to be a rather interesting and tumultuous year for Xbox thus far, with a flurry of controversial leaks and rumors calling for a public re-examining of the brand's publishing strategy. These leaks and rumors were recently supported by official news from Xbox leadership, prompting many to wonder which games would be leaving Microsoft's ecosystem. At least four Xbox exclusives would be arriving on other platforms, as confirmed by Phil Spencer, Matt Booty, and Sarah Bond on the Xbox podcast in an episode addressing the rampant rumors and speculations surrounding Xbox exclusivity. During the podcast, the Xbox representatives would not specify which four games were confirmed to come to other platforms, with Spencer simply stating that two are, quote, service-based games, and the other two are smaller projects that would benefit from being launched on other hardware. Those four games have since been revealed, uh, and there might be a reason to believe there are more on the way. So the two, I think there's only two that have been revealed, not four. Um, so the two that have been revealed are Grounded for the Switch release on April 16th, and Pentiment for a Switch release on February, 20, uh, February 22nd. Um, well, Xbox has made it clear that the gaming audience, audiences shouldn't Grounded is an exclusive to Xbox, though, because that is available on Steam. It has been for ages. So I don't know... Why they're yeah? Why that's even chirping about that one? Interesting. Yeah. Uh, does it actually say anything about that? Um, a statement on Xbox website posted shortly after the partner showcase reveals that it will also be coming to Sony platforms. Yeah, doesn't actually mention that it's already available on Steam. Interesting. Okay, so while Xbox made it clear that gaming audience audiences shouldn't necessarily anticipate more exclusives being ported to non-Microsoft systems, the company's messaging on this point has been somewhat ambiguous overall. Phil Spencer has confirmed that games like Starfield won't be leaving Xbox anytime soon, but he also stated, both during the podcast and in interviews with third-party outlets, that the company isn't completely ruling out the possibility of porting other exclusive titles. These comments leave the door open for essentially any Xbox exclusive to become multi-platform, but the games that are most commonly rumored to be ported include Indiana Jones and the Great Circle, Starfield, Gears of War, and Halo. While some of these rumors have come from relatively trusted sources, it should be noted that it's considerably less likely that major flagship titles, especially those from legacy franchise, franchises like Halo or Gears of War, will ever arrive on a competing platform. 
However, the fact that the rumors about the aforementioned four games being ported turned out to be true, Phil Spencer's comments about console exclusivity as a whole, and Xbox's hesitation to outright confirm that certain games will always be Xbox exclusive, mean that nothing has been ruled out. Depending on the console gaming climate over the next few years, it's conceivable that other Xbox games will arrive on Nintendo and possibly Sony hardware. Are Xbox in trouble, Chris? Uh, no, I don't think so. Um, I think they're doing what they have to, given their position. But I don't think it would be crazy if they just... Like, they do release these games, but on a subscription-based service through, like, a Games Pass app that you download. Through... So, my Sony. dashboard on my PS5 will have a Games Pass. Games Pass app, and you still have to pay for that service, and but you can play all those games. I think maybe they're just um, kind of greasing the uh, engines here with like getting these consoles good at being able to implement their games. So interestingly enough, I believe that those these these first four games that were mentioned are being released as not on a uh, downloadable service application that they these games right. whatever they might right. be. Yeah, but, well, the, but you expect the yeah, the, the, and I, I think. Um, they need to get these other consoles like familiar with porting their games mm -hmm. before they can do. Yeah, I don't know. The Games Pass app might be tricky. I don't know. So when you say like they want them to be comfortable with porting these games, is it because Xbox is kind of um, the protagonist here and kind of saying we just want everybody to play the games everywhere, or is it a case of these games haven't been as profitable as we want them to on the exclusive Xbox? Grounded system? did pretty good on Steam. I know that. I know that. Mm -hmm. Um, pretty cool little concept but the likes of when you think of their um, the ones that would have had a bit of a nose like Redfall wasn't what it was meant to be Starfield had a ropey uh, thing is, yeah. this, is this a way to try and get a bit more money for those games because they didn't do as well uh, as yeah I think that I think that has a lot to do with it um, yeah I don't really know what the play here is because it would suck if they're in that much trouble where the Xbox ceases to exist because then that was the worry. We were all chatting about it. Yeah, originally. then PlayStation has a stranglehold on the marketplace. Yeah, for and I don't want as much as I love PlayStation over Xbox, and I do think the PlayStation that Sony has the better system and consoles and exclusives, and it's my my choice, Team Blue. I don't want there not to be any competition. Mm. Competition is vital, I think, for the thing as a whole. So if Xbox yeah. became this, and that was the worry, which they have confirmed isn't the case. They have confirmed that they are still building consoles, which is great, great news. I think they're going to start building... Well, I think what they should do is start building PCs, quote-unquote, streamlined as consoles, where you can download all the same apps or most of the same apps that you would on a PC. It's just that for all intents and purposes, like, aesthetically, it looks like a console, the UI, the whole, like probably like a streamlined Windows operating system functions as a console. And then you could download all your same apps like Steam mm -hmm. you'd have on your console, but they would still just like try to push the games past. Like, sure, you can have Steam on our console and get all your PC games there, but you still have access to Games Pass, which is essentially what we have on Windows right now. Which yeah. a lot of people would be like, yeah, of course I'll get the Games Pass because... Yeah. I mean, what, 15 bucks a month and I get to play I mean, all these it games is, it is, free. And it's unanimously the best deal in gaming currently is, you know, Games Pass. Mm -hmm. Again, myself and Craig made the argument that for us, there's nothing there that we're mad to play. But again, myself and Craig play games differently in that I'm big into waiting for the big exclusives because the, the exclusives speak to me. Horizon spoke to me. Final Fantasy yeah. speaks to me. Um, 
But yeah, I think there was supposedly a leak, and I don't have the article in front of me here, but there was a leak to say that Phil Spencer had sent an email out, or some higher-up uh, Xbox executive have sent an email out to employees ahead of the the interview on the podcast and stated that uh, their plan is to have Xbox on every screen. So it seems to be that they're going so for like a So that confirms my idea system. of Games Pass on, yeah. yeah. That your TVs would have a Games Pass app that you're, and you're just, you buy an Xbox controller or something like that to go yeah. with, your, with your TV or whatever. Which, in fairness, if they... Kind of like Stadia, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, it was Stadia. Yeah. But that's, that's, that's the part that worries me is that the infrastructure still isn't fully there, even since Stadia. Like, it's still not... Like, for us in Ireland, it's fantastic because internet for us is cheap. It's unlimited data across the board for any sort of plans you get. That's not the case for most other countries. In the States, you pay fucking out the year if you go past a certain you know, data limit. And you were saying the same in Canada, right? It's not... Very it's, expensive in Canada. Yeah. yeah. Which means that if that's the and way you... And throttled and... Yeah. yeah. It's, it's and so can it work? Like Stadia, Stadia had its problems here for me in Ireland. And I think in terms of the Irish infrastructure was one of the, the cleanest ones to try and use for something like Stadia. Do you know what I mean? Uh, unlimited data, quite good. I mean, we've got loads of data centers here, which is a controversy in Ireland currently at the minute anyway. Um, like those server centers and stuff. So if it still doesn't work fully... Will it ever? Will it ever be able to? Is it affordable to have everything on your screens? I don't know. Xbox making some moves, though. Yeah, well, we'll see. I think they're also just, like, swinging for the fences now. Because they are... I, I can't imagine they're doing too well internally. I mean, they're also... But, fucking... I mean, we did just spend a good amount of time shitting on PlayStation because they're just, like, regurgitating the same crap. Yeah. And now announcing a PS6. So, like, what, what, what have you got for PS6? Yeah. You've got nothing so far for PS5. Yeah. Get it together. Yeah, be interesting to see. Um, but that's it for the for the show today, Chris. Thanks, Emil, for hopping on and going yeah, through these no articles. Problem. Yeah, appreciate it. Are you going to stick around? I've got uh, like one or two articles for the post yep. show, which yeah, are absolutely. which are good fun. And uh, to our listeners, if you're interested in catching more news, you can check out patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming uh, for loads of other content as well as extra news episodes that we put out. Um, Chris, thanks for hopping on. And to our listeners, as always and forever, keep enjoying the gift that is gaming. Peace out.